Hello and welcome to Audio Mission, the podcast from the Church Mission Society, CMS. Thank you for taking the time to listen. I'm Trevor Smith. This month, we start an occasional series themed around what are known as the five marks of mission, developed by the Anglican Communion. The first mark of mission is to proclaim the good news of the kingdom. Victor Osoro from Kenya was one of the first students of CMS mission partner Colin Smith at the Centre for Urban Mission in Nairobi more than 10 years ago. Today, he leads the Department of Evangelism in the Diocese of Tulia in Madagascar, which CMS has a partnership with. Jeremy Woodham asked him how the work has grown. Looking back at 2008 when we arrived, there were only 11 churches in the entire diocese of Tuliara, which is the largest in the whole of Madagascar. Mm-hmm. But now as we talk, we have 61 new churches that have um, come up, so we have uh, a lot of growth that is going on, and they're looking forward to plant um, 10 new churches this year, which will bring that up to around 70. You grew up in the Kibera area of Nairobi and studied there at the Centre for Urban Missions. Yes. That was um, yes. started by... Um, Colin Smith. Colin Smith, yes. our mission partner. Yes, okay. yes, so yes. Tell us what it was like. You were in the, some of the, you were one of the first graduates of that. So I wonder how that experience has um, fed into your role now. Yes, my role now as uh, as leading the evangelism department, trained actually to have it was more for practical theology, and really dealing with the things where they are and having contextual uh, missions, and so I really pick that up. From the training and where I am, it was able to come down to the level of the people that I work with and just learn a new language and learn a new culture. Have you been accepted easily in Madagascar as a missionary? Yes, I think it was very good. And I think that is what helped me also to catch up the language and the culture very fast. What has been your biggest challenge in taking on that role? Role of being a missionary? Yeah. Well, I'm also a vicar of... of a parish and so so far so what, that's take, the most challenging part yes right? yes 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 <laughs> yeah still overseeing evangelism in the diocese and being the vicar of so the parish day to day how does that pan out what's your day what does your day look like well i've scheduled my week so that like at least two days a week i focus on designing schedules for the Diocese and just planning how the church planting yeah, and uh, evangelism events are going to take place, and sending um, spies people to look at the land and give me details of how it's happening, and then coordinate teams that will have to go and set up teams. Okay, so there's a series of that's how the evangelism is happening. Yes, you have a series of events. Yes, what happens? Tell me about the process. Well, we have um, we have a, a target of planting new churches in each parish has to have a new, plant a new church in, in the region where it is. And also the diocesan levels, we are planting churches in major towns, we like on the major districts. We like now have like 18 districts in the in the whole of diocese of Tuliara. And so we are planting at least two each year. And so we have the diocesan teams working with the parishes, and then also have the parishes evangelism team that plants churches in the parishes. What's been your highlight? of uh, this year so far this year so far we started a new church in a place called uh, Ambatulahi I think that was an interesting one that we had in that place and then uh, why was that place interesting now it's a really big town for many people but 
most of them are really not into worship or being serving in, in, in the church. They're really involved in, uh, what I say, stealing of cattle. Okay. And uh, stealing of cattle is considered as, um, um, that is a, it's like the work of the day. That's what most people do. And so worshiping in a church is like a taboo. I mean, becoming a Christian is a taboo in that place. And so we sent our evangelist uh, Gaston there and looked at the place. And they say, well, uh, it's a good place. We can go and, and, and see how they, they, they will receive us. And so we got there. I think the, rece- the reception was so good. I think it had a lot of background work and, and groundwork and just getting in touch with our people there. And so by the time we got there, they had open arms to hear what we had uh, to share with them. And we shared with them the gospel and many of them received Christ. And that's how that new fellowship of believers began in that uh, new place. But now still having a challenge of the evangelist having to make travels from where he lives. He lives us around you know, 65 kilometers away from where his station is to come and oversee that church. But recently we have our training that we have every catechist training every every year. We had one person being trained from that place and hopefully she picks up well then uh, Make be helpful okay. in taking care of the church. Yeah. So you've got a there's a real job on of training leaders up yes. to catch up with the evangelism. Yes. 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 <laughs> yes. There's been actually there's been a challenging balance because after training, I mean after tra- after when you're opening a church, the next thing you think is who's going to lead that church, and so I must say that one has also slowed a bit. Mm. our church planting strategies because of the insufficient number of the evangelists or the catechists who are going. But I'm, I believe with the training of catechists that we are doing right now, we'll set most of our evangelists free to go and just do their work of church planting. Please say a prayer for Victor, his busy schedule, and give thanks for the fantastic growth in the diocese. Remember too, all his evangelists and those who are hearing the good news of Jesus. Another place where the church is growing fast and the good news of the kingdom is spreading is Nepal. Mission partners Jean and Paul Dobbing and their daughter Jennifer have recently returned to the UK after many years serving in Nepal. They first went there in 1998 and 1999 respectively. Sarah Holmes met them and asked them about the church growth they witnessed in their time there. Our own church has been growing very fast and we've had the opportunity uh, with our pastor to go to a planted church out outside of the Kathmandu Valley in a different district in a village and that was a church that really grew um, started as a result of an evangelistic uh, um, time uh, that our pastor ran of the church and um, they do not have a permanent pastor at the church but our pastor goes out from Kathmandu um, it's about five hours by motorbike and an hour and a half walk up a hill to this small Tamang um, community in a village that have come to faith. And um, it's a real example of the kind of growth, the rapid growth and how and where the church is growing in Nepal right now. The actual statistics of religion in Nepal is that about three quarters to f- or so or to four fifths are Hindu. Mm-hmm. 
and then a about a fifth is a Buddhist, um, and then a small but fast-growing and significant few percent nowadays is Christian. And are people really um, anxious or eager, I should say, to talk to you as Christians? Um, I suppose we've always always found people open and interested to talk about faith there uh, I haven't met anybody who would say they're atheists in Nepal you know so the, people are very open and interested and it's easy to share faith there is kind of expected almost and um, the Christian church are very uh, kind of outward looking and forthright in, in sharing their faith and uh that's the kind of context that, that you're in. So it's, it's, it feels very, although it's mostly a Hindu country, it still feels very free and easy to talk about spiritual matters. I think, um, you know, whatever happens, uh, the church has has grown so much from virtually zero, nothing in the 19, early 1950s, when it was a very close country, uh, no foreign and until now more than a million there's not they're not sure how many exactly but so the the church has got a stronghold in the country now and nothing will take that away I think and uh, it could come under some pressure again in the future it has gone through a time of persecution in the past and we don't know what the future holds at the moment there is some rising Hindu nationalism and we ask just for prayer that uh, any new constitution will still grant the church freedom most people in the church are young and enthusiastic and they're sharing faith and uh, many young people are grasping that and so I think there's there's still great hope and especially if these people can get into positions of influence within the country like with Paul's work they've got a scholarship program where they're trying to encourage Christian young people to get into business and industry then surely Nepal will become you know you know have much more of a, a christian uh, identity in the future yeah and there does seem to be quite a lot of entrepreneurial type mission minded yes. people um, i'm thinking of our two timothy mission partners uh, ram prasad and manoj yes. um and you, you you know what's your sort of feeling about those those two and i'm sure there are lots of others but they we we're, they're close to our hearts yeah they, they're doing a great work i think they really need our prayers because uh, they're often the de- uh, working in a context of uncertainty and uh, challenges and difficulty and you, nepal is one of those places and that's without the earthquakes so um, they certainly need our prayers, but they're moving on in their work. And um, as Jean has worked alongside Manoj in the past, um, I think you can say that um, that's a real kind of encouragement and empowerment to women that come in from churches around the country to receive training. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they really just need um, our prayers and consideration uh, as they move on as well. Jean and Paul Dobbing. Do pray for them as they resettle in the UK and especially for the Christian young people they described as they make their way in the world, as well as our fantastic local Timothy mission partners as they really do shape the future of the church in Nepal. Now we move to Europe and Spain's Costa del Sol, a surprising mission field perhaps. Here God has opened the doors for mission partners Felipe and Sarah Yanez to work with two associations or small charities that provide food banks serving 500 families a week since the economic crisis hit Spain. They've also found a new way to allow people to discover the good news. 
the people that we're there with are people who, you know, really have come from all sorts of parts of society because you have people who have maybe been living with unemployment and and poverty for years and then you have others who are newly poor in that they have been living fine and had their incomes live in very nice areas but suddenly with this crisis are brought to having to go to a food bank and the shame mm-hmm. that that brings that they feel with that and so mm-hmm. working with all these different people but building the relationships with each of them not differentiating mm-hmm. and and building genuine friendships and relationships as a means to building trust and the hope that at some point there's a chance to to share christ with them and and the hope that 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 can bring one of the ways you're seeing god working i believe is through a new kind of bible study you've been trying out at this mm-hmm. association well what happened that we have seen a lot of uh, uh work that is very hard because it's been, the main focus is uh, the food and that uh, have a lot of energy but then uh, when you get tired you, you, you think well what God brought you to here and, and how you can have the spiritual element that more that needs to become more tangible and more clear to all of us and we see the, these associations and, and NGOs, they are very much like churches because you see that people one day, you see another day, you work together toward one uh, purpose to get the food. And, and in that uh, number of people, there are a lot of unbelievers, unbelievers, so there is a lot of mix of people. So it's like church in many ways. But so uh, one of the things that we try to uh, discover the Bible, and uh, we ask God and we pray that He allow us to find a, a woman and a man of peace because we recognize that God is already working out there so the only thing that we need to find that person so we pray we find that person and then we open a house and and we basically we allow that the word of God uh, minister us and we ask the question what is pastor say about God and then what is pastor say about uh, mankind and we allow the people to come with their own answers and we allow them to be free and we allow that the word of God become prevalent in their life and, uh, and we see, we allow God to be God because he's the word of God huh? but also uh, it's very important to keep that strategy because uh, it's very easy to bring our baggage of, of, of theology so we, sometimes we we are uh, an obstacle, so we have to be very aware of that. Uh, so let's try to keep it very, very simple and uh, have a fit with that person. And of course, food is very important as well. So we, we eat together and we, we drink together. So a lot of paella and sangria. And, um, so we're really engaged in a proper mm. fellowship. With them. So it's called Discovery Bible, Bible Study, study yeah. is that right? And that, that because. Well, you've been saying the emphasis is about allowing people to discover for themselves exactly. without the, the experts telling them what to believe. Exactly. Yeah. So. And, and also when people discover the truth, they have ownership on that. And that's very important. Mm. You're talking about the men and women of peace there and how, how these things may start. Are you able to sort of tell a, a concrete story, if you like, to help us... Well, I think first you start for yourself, and you need to uh, have a total engagement with God as well, because you have to be a man of peace as well. And then you go and find the woman of a, a man of peace. Uh, it's mainly characterized as somebody ha- that have a lot of influence in the community. Is somebody that is hungry for God. Uh, that person can be a woman or a man, 
But as I say, this is the person that we open the doors in the community. To find a person can take up to six weeks to two years. So there are a lot of pre-evangelism going on. So a lot of planting seed and a lot of spending time. And a lot of uh, open houses and uh, going to houses and receiving. So really, genuinely try to make these people part of, of your social life. And, uh, for instance, myself, I know Miguel. Miguel is retired and I don't have probably nothing in common with him. I'm in my mid-40s and uh, probably I will decide maybe to hang around with other type of guys. But, uh, but when the Holy Spirit comes and I really allow you to have that compassion and love for this person and uh, and then he's a very good friend of mine actually so yeah it's, it's, it's that as well I think um, uh, but take a long time and you need to pray that God uh, lead you to that person that he already had prepared Felipe and Sarah Yanez sharing life and scripture in southern Spain Pray for them, their young sons, and those people of peace they are constantly seeking out in their community. That's just about all we've time for this month, but as we close, here's Katie Jenkinson, a member of CMS's church relations team, with a short reflection on what we've heard. When I think about sharing the gospel, I often think of a lone evangelist, bravely stepping out into new territory, working alongside unreached people groups to share the love of Christ. But as St Paul says... We are the body of Christ. There are many parts to the body, and each one of us is part of the body and has a different role to play. Victor Osoro and Paul and Jean Dobbing have been working in contexts where people are open to talk about faith and where the church is growing fast. In Nepal and Madagascar, the need is not just for evangelists, but for trained pastors who can build up churches and so fuel further growth. So sharing the gospel is not just about an individual working with God. It is about a community of individuals, each playing their part, each attentive to the work that God is calling them to. In the context of Europe, where it is often harder to talk about faith, Felipe and Sarah are working as part of their community, sharing the gospel through caring for people in crisis, through prayer and through friendship seeking men and women of peace that God is calling to himself. So, I wonder, what is our role in the body of Christ? As we seek to fulfil that role both locally and globally, a good starting point is prayer. Prayer that blesses the work that God is doing through people in different parts of the world. Prayer that blesses our neighbours and friends locally. Prayer that seeks God's kingdom first and that persists until we see God's church being built stronger and wider, both where we live and across the world. Katie Jenkinson bringing this month's audio mission to a close. Thank you for listening and thank you for your prayers.